Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Taking a closer look at the government's clampdown on Monday on the reissuance of options to purchase by private housing developers. The latest twist in that story, uh, the head of the developer's body, the reader's president, urging the government to urgently consider allowing first-time upgraders from an HDB flat to a private property to defer payment of the additional buyer's stamp duty, the ABSD. This till about six months after the completion of private property. Eugene Lim is key executive officer of the ERE Realty Network, ERA Realty Network, I should say. Eugene joins us live to discuss the new guidelines. How are you, Eugene? Good morning. Fine, thank you. Good of you to join us. Can you help us understand uh, this whole issue of, of the reason behind the clampdown? Why were multiple OTPs being issued to prospective buyers by developers in the first place? Well, let's just put some things in perspective. The aspiration to upgrade to a private property is uh, very strong. However, new property launches don't wait for your timeline, you know, um, because some buyers, they need to sell away their property before they can buy. Mm. Um, just to, to give an example, um, the sweet spot for private properties is around 1.5 million, 1.2 to 1.5 million. So if I use a $1.5 million property to calculate, the upfront cost for the typical buyer is very high. The booking fee is 5%, which is 75%, uh, 75,000. And then two weeks from signing, after signing the sales and purchase agreement, the buyer has to pay the buyer stamp duty, which works out to about 44,600. And then if he's liable to pay ABSD because he has not sold off his current property, he has to pay another 180000 That's two weeks from the signing of sales and purchase agreement. And then eight weeks from then, from the old, uh, booking date, he has to pay 225000 which is 15%. So that comes to a lot of money, right? So for most people, they need to sell off their current property to raise the cash that's required, the upfront cash that's required. And also, by selling away their upfront, their current property, they avoid having to pay the $180,000 ABSD. And so that's why for genuine buyers, right, the market took a very practical approach to help them with this uh, by by reissuing the, the option to purchase. It is not something that developers want to do, but on request from the genuine buyers, they, they do it to help them. Because prior to Monday's uh, circular, the mm-hmm. controller of housing did not say that you cannot reissue OTP. The, mm-hmm. the law was silent. Until Monday, they say, no, from now on, no more. So then, then it becomes clear, it's no more. But prior to that, they never say cannot. So it become a business decision on the part of the developers to help genuine buyers. This is not made available to everybody. I mean, no developer will launch a project and say, okay, everybody, you can come and buy. I'm going to give you reissuing of the option for everybody. No, nobody does that. We only do that for a genuine buyers. Okay, so when discussing uh, the URA curbs, we often hear this term, there's a need for prudence in the property market. How yeah. exactly was this practice, which as you say, was not against the rules um, yeah. prior to the clarification? How did this practice contribute to speculation? I think, um, let, me, let me differentiate between speculation and paper gain. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Now, speculation involves you have to actually buy it, then sell it for a profit. So you actually have to buy it and sell it for a profit. So what has happened with this reissue of option is that there is a there's this phenomenon. Some people say it's like as good as call a. You're, you're buying a call option, you know. So, for example, let, let's just use uh, Peter, for example. So, Peter booked a unit at $1.5 million, right? And uh, he, 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 he requested for the developer's help to reissue the option. So, he managed to uh, reissue and, and extend the OTP by one year. So, he, he has an option on this property and he continued reissuing for one year to allow him to sell his current property. So, one year later, I mean, developers typically, when they first launch the property, the price is quite attractive and progressively phase one, after phase one, phase two, they will raise the price. Then phase three, they will raise the price. So one year later, let's say developers price for a similar unit in the project uh, is now 1.65 million. All right. Mm-hmm. So Peter exercises the option one year later, he makes a paper gain of 1.65 million. He did not speculate and make a profit of 1.65 of of 150,000 because he did not sell the property away he just made a paper gain all right so so mm-hmm. so people people associate this with speculation or you're using actually uh the booking fee uh, to try to make a profit of uh a paper gain uh. so okay. so people associate that with speculation but that is not speculation Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but could it have given rise to the uh, an apparent distorted view of the property market? People are wondering how come private home sales have been robust in the past few months. We're in the middle of a recession. Could this uh, practice have contributed to that? Ah, uh, that that is perhaps the real concern of why the authorities are coming in, because the statistics, the monthly statistics that's released by URA. Attracts developer sales, and these developer sales numbers are based on options issued, mm. not sales and purchase agreement signed. So this this started years ago, where uh, in the spirit of releasing up to date information about the pace of the market uh, to the public, that the uh, URA tracks the options that is issued. So developer every week have to submit to the authority, the op- number of options that was issued in the previous week, the, their, their sales book, basically. But so in a way that because options are keep, a certain percentage of the options, these reissue cases. So in a, in a certain way, authorities are too concerned that the numbers are distorted uh, because mm-hmm. it, it basically is the same buyer right, over and over and over again. Uh, right? mm-hmm. But this is not everybody. This is only a percentage of the market that that requested for this assistance because of the cash flow issue. See, the whole issue is not speculation mm-hmm. because if you look at the number of sub-sales in the market today, it is non-existent. Okay. It is non-existent. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's just managing the cash flow that buyers have uh, requested for this. Yeah. What do you think will be the implications of curbing uh, these multiple OTPs for developers and for home buyers? Implications? <clears throat> I think now I think the developer is is uh I think to a certain extent they are they are happy that there's no more this this abnormality in the market because from a developer's perspective mm-hmm. I mean I sell a unit I grant the option but the as long as the buyer don't exercise the option I cannot recognize the unit as a sale in my books mm-hmm. because the option is not binding 
the option can expire, right? And if when the option expire, the buyer don't exercise the option by signing the sales and purchase agreement. It is not a sale. So, so in the meantime, I have and and when it's not a sale, I have to return the buyer. He buyer make a booking fee of five percent. I have by law, I have to return the buyer seventy five percent of the booking fee. Also, I only take twenty five percent of the booking fee and hold the unit while waiting for this buyer to exercise the option. It doesn't make business sense to me. So I won't, from developer perspective, I would rather have a proper sale, you know, follow the timeline, right? And because in the past, we developers did it because buyers needed assistance because of the upfront, uh, the upfront payment, which is why now we are hearing that market, you know, genuine, uh, to help the genuine HDB upgrader, please uh, delay the paying of the ABSD or, you know, for for that matter, because it is a real issue on the ground, right? And 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 the market wants to be able to help genuine buyers mm. right, upgrade. So from a buyer's perspective, the the this is actually not new rule. Like this is said the the authority has come out to say, look, this has been the rule all the while, all right? So I will make it very clear now: no more reissue option. You only buy when you have sorted out your timeline mm. and your finances. Mm-mm. Yeah. So would, would you, what do you think of Rida's calling for allowing first-time upgraders from an HDB flat to private property to defer that ABSD, the additional buyer stamp duty, for at least six months after the completion of the private property? Is this going to be useful? I think so, yes. Because you, you must understand <coughs> that uh, firstly, uh, the aspiration amongst uh, Singaporeans to upgrade to private property um, is very high. All right, most of us uh, take the journey that our first property is the BTO flat, right? When we first get married, so as as a family, as our finances grow, we would like to upgrade to private property. However, the issue is not that we cannot afford it. Nobody buys a property today because they cannot afford it. The banks will make sure you can afford it because they have to grant you the loan. So the the checks and balance from a financial perspective of whether you can afford it is all in place already. The only issue is the upfront ABSD, which, as I earlier said, it is due within two weeks from the signing of the sales and purchase agreement. So the market delayed this signing of sales and purchase agreement by the reissue of options. So to help the buyer to, uh, after he has sold his current property, he don't need to pay the ABSD, right? So now we cannot do that. So that we, we, the market is again making a request to uh, the government. Look, this is not for everybody. This is not for the investors who's holding multiple property. This is for genuine uh, HDB upgraders who eventually will end up with one property anyway because he's going to sell his current property. Right. Right, or if he does decide to hold on to his HDB flat, then pay the ABSD later on, you know. So, so this is to facilitate that transition and the upfront uh, cost. At the end of the day, the buyer has to decide whether he's going to sell his property, so do don't need to pay the ABSD, or you know, if he can hold on to the two property, then he pay his ABSD, but he pay it later, he still pays. Right. Right. Eugene, help us understand what the curbing of the reissuance of OTP, what impact that could have on property prices? Okay, prop- most uh, some people will think, oh, now that you, you know you cannot sell the property, uh, to you cannot do all this thing, then um, the the property price will go down. I don't think so, lah. Like like 
what I mentioned in the past uh, previously is that no developer launches a multi-million dollar project uh, with the intention to issue multiple OTPs multiple times to everybody. No, because it doesn't make sense for his his books. So, so essentially, this goes back uh, with now clarity in the regulations and and everybody has to follow the the normal timeline. I think business process will now revert back to normal. So therefore, what's the impact on on pricing? So developers go back to what they are very good at, which is product product differentiation and product development. Mm. So to a buyer, now is quite possibly the best time because developers are very, very competitive when it comes to product development, product differentiation, and also pricing. Any developer you speak to today will be mindful of the fact that his brand new launch that is coming onto the market, that that first launch is the extreme, the most important part for the project lifecycle because that is the curtain raiser. So no, no developer will go into a brand new launch today and overprice the project. So so most of them will work very hard to arrive at what we call a sweet spot. Sweet spot. So so if we if we analyze for most new project launches, you find that at the at the initial phases, if you take into account their land price and the construction cost, the profit margin for the new launch units are actually very, very small for a developer. If not, sometimes some people say, wow, you're selling at break-even, mm. you know? So so pricing remains very, very key to moving units uh, in the first phase, right? So so that's why there's a school of thought to say that if you buy in the first phase, you can't go wrong because developers will gradually raise the price in phase two or phase three. So so there, there lies you, you, you know? Mm. You just buy and wait. You do nothing. Uh, you, you enjoy a paper gain mm. over uh, over the life cycle of the project. So pricing remains key. I will believe developers will continue to work very hard at, at pricing at the sweet spot uh, for buyers. He's Eugene Lim, key executive officer of the ERA Rail Team Network. Fantastic talking to you, Eugene. Thank you for joining us. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.